everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are thrilled today to have another of our writers that have worked with Hallmark. This is novelist Jenny Hale is here. One of her books is being turned into this weekend's movie with Christmas wishes, mistletoe kisses. And I'm Rachel. And thank you so much, Jenny, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what we like to do when we have guests on the podcast is give you a chance to introduce yourself and tell us what inspired you to become a writer. Um, I'm Jenny Hale. I'm a romantic fiction author. Um, And gosh, what inspired me? I think um, I didn't really realize that I wanted to write full time until adulthood. And um, I was just a voracious reader and um, as I was reading, I think um, I had two authors I was reading at that time, both British authors, uh, Jill Mansell um, and Harriet Evans. I was reading their books, sort of just devouring them one after another. And I sat on the couch beside my husband one night and I thought, I could write one of these. And he knows that I'm just creative enough that he was like, well, go ahead and do it. <laughs> so um, I wrote one. I wrote a book and it was terrible it was horrible it has never seen the light of day but when I went back to reading I started to sort of um, notice some things that the authors were doing and had some aha moments like oh I see how they did that you know that was really hard to write but I see how they did that and then I figured out where my weaknesses were went back read a whole bunch of books on writing on my specific weaknesses and wrote a second book and that book was coming home for Christmas Oh, really? So did you uh, read a lot of romantic fiction or a wide variety? Or? Yeah, I mean, I read a little bit of everything and I still do. Um, but romantic fiction is sort of where I tend to fall. If I were to take all my books and make piles, romantic fiction would be enormous compared to the right. <laughs> What What has been your appeal to romantic fiction? What do you What do you like about it? I think I just love the happy ending idea. Um, I'm one of those people that I cannot watch stressful or scary movies on TV because um, when I do, I just get so anxious from those people yeah. that I can't let it go. And so um, the thing about a happy ending is just you sort of, by the time you're done, you have that big hard eyes and sigh and you think, oh, that was just so great. You know, life is so great. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so that's sort of what draws me to it. Cause you know, so many times you get frustrated and tense and busy and it's just a really nice release for me to be able to read a book that um, sort of takes me to my happy place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it is definitely the escapism is really relaxing for sure. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, was it challenging to sort of make that transition from a reader versus to a writer as far as kind of putting them together and thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, different. The two, the two sides of it are definitely different. I'm a totally different person when I'm reading a book um, mm. than I am when I'm writing one. But um, I think the hardest part for me at the beginning um, it, it was short-lived, but just sort of finding my voice and finding um, my style yeah. because I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that I was a storyteller and um, I've always been a, you know, a chatty person and I, and p- my friends all knew me as a storyteller, but I never really knew what my voice was. was. And in mm-hmm. writing, there's a certain uh, science to it, I guess, yeah. um, to make sure that, you know, you're not dragging on and on, but you're also 
um, getting that point across in the way that you want to. So that that was the hardest part, which you don't have to deal with when you're reading. You just right. hear their voice and enjoy it. <laughs> what do you try to uh, to to show in your in your protagonists in your female characters? Is there anything that you tend to gravitate towards, or what, does it just depend on the story? It depends on the story, but I mean, I think every single character that I write down to the minor characters, I just want them to be real and feel real. Mm. And so um, it's, you know, I know that my genre tends to be a lighter read, but when you're writing it, it's actually a very delicate dance to make that complete magic seem real when you're reading it because you have to sort of write these characters in a way that they would, they, that the reader doesn't look at it and go, Oh, whatever. You know? Yeah. And so that's, I, I think that's where I really focus when I'm making my characters. And when everybody says, Oh, well, who would you see playing this character? I can never answer that because I create it. It's, it's, they're their own person in my head. It's not based on anyone. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really interesting. I think like some people say, oh, these books are sort of fluffy books, but I think if you don't mm-hmm. like take them serious enough uh, to a certain extent, then they're not going to be as satisfying escapism because, because you need that character to feel real in order for the happy ending to be, to be that satisfying happy ending that you want. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think, I think people who love these books, they know what they're getting into when they buy them. You know, they're yeah. buying into the happy ending of it and, and the ride that it takes to get there. And I think that's sort of um, the mindset that you have to have when you read them. And, and people, you know, who love that sort of thing completely fall into it and, yeah. and immerse themselves into it. And those are the readers that are the ones that stick around and that always, you know, want to hear what you've got coming next. Yeah, but even those readers, they have to have a character they connect with. Otherwise, it they're you're just gonna because I mean I I love I love romantic fiction and I love romantic comedies, obviously because I have this podcast. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't like all of them, that's for sure. And the ones that don't work for me are the ones that the characters feel kind of overly manipulative or just mm-hmm. kind of shrill then I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not into that at all. That's why I don't, I think wedding movies slash books are tough sells for me because the whole Bridezilla thing, that is not for mm-hmm. me. I do, I don't right, have right. Fault for that behavior. And it's just like, <laughs> and I don't know, other people might find that funny, that kind of thing. That's not for me. Uh, and so, well, I think you're right in that you have to identify with, with one of the characters. Yeah. And I think too, that's one of the reasons that I really love having multi-generational um, stories because I really think that there are elements to each generation that we can latch on to. Yeah. You know, there's that wisdom that we get as we grow older that we totally understand when we hear that grandparent talking to that person. But there's yeah. also that naivety or that, you know, just trying to figure out your life aspect that we've been through as well. So um, I really love writing multi-generational stories and yeah. all of my stories have um I mean, I, I can't think of one that doesn't have a grandparent and also a child. Yeah. In them. Yeah. Uh, so for coming home for Christmas, what was the process 
kind of like of actually getting that first book published? How did you, how were you able to kind of make that happen? Um, I mean, I was a classroom elementary school teacher for 18 years. And um, this was a hobby at best. I mean, I had only written that one book that was a disaster that I chucked. And then I wrote Coming Up for Christmas. And I, you know, I've watched enough American Idol to know that there are people with dreams that clearly (laughs) will not recognize those dreams. (laughs) And they think they're great. You know, they think they're great. So, you know, I was teaching full time. I had written this book and I, I had no idea if it was any good. No yeah. idea. And, you know, I never let any of my friends read it because they're all going to tell you it's nice and shake their right. head, you know. Yeah. And so I just held on to it and I started um, submitting to different publishers. Um, and I publi- I submitted for about two years before I made a slight tweak. And it was only based on my own anxiety. But and then that's when I got my deal. But what I did was I I'd been submitting for two years and I was, I joined a writing group in my city where I lived at the time in um, Richmond, Virginia. And someone told me that if you're getting feedback from the publishers, then you've got something, keep going. And I was, I was getting feedback. And so I started to hyperanalyze because I always do that when I don't understand why something's not happening. And it had been two years of submissions and like, you know, 10 at a time. And when I'd get a rejection, I'd send out another one. And, um, and finally I thought, well, I, when I started this whole process, I was reading British fiction. Both of those ladies, Jill Mansell and Harriet Evans were British. And I thought, well, maybe I don't know what I'm writing or how I'm writing it. Maybe it's something that would be better received in the UK. So I found um, my current publisher, Bookatour, that way by submitting to see if I could get some feedback. And darn, if you didn't come back with a, a two book deal. That's <laughs> I thought, amazing. oh my gosh. So there it goes. And, um, and I had no idea and I'm still with them today. That's amazing. So did you, had you gotten an agent at that point or was it after or how? how? Um, I was submitting simultaneously to agents and publishers. And at the time, the couture did not require an agent. I don't nice. know now. I mean, it's been years and years, but so I still am operating unagented. Yeah. That's amazing. Just through my publisher. Mm-hmm. Good for you. That's great. That must have been so exciting. Did you totally have a, a that thing you do moment where you're like, ah! Yeah, I mean, I just sat there and stared at it for a while because my first thought was, what? Because <laughs> I wasn't sure. You know, you just yeah. you get no for so long that you're like yeah. blinking at it, staring at it, you know, like, is this real? What is this? And um, <laughs> so I had that moment where I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm not going crazy. And then, then I freaked out and I get yeah. really excited. And, and again, I didn't really even understand publishing. I mean, I was a school teacher. I didn't yeah. do this for a living. And so I didn't really even understand what I was looking toward in terms of edit and learning how to write and writing the next book and all the good stuff that comes along with um, being a full-time author. And it sort of just fell upon me and I was just swimming in it (laughs) while I was still teaching. So that's um, great. So I didn't have any idea. I just was like, oh, yay. Oh, good. It's going to have a cover on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. My sister is a published author. She's done some uh, picture books. She's working on a graphic novel now, some really cute little, little books. And uh, so she's had four so far, but her first one, we were all 
<laughs> we kind of vicariously experienced that through her like oh my gosh it's her book look <laughs> I, I carried it around for a while i carried it to school <laughs> carried it around i had yeah. it in a staff meeting i think oh my gosh um, but yeah it was really cool to see that very first one and it yeah. still is i mean i still even now when i get my box of books and i open them up it's just as exciting yeah. now as it was that very first time, if not more exciting, because now I know what I just did and I know uh -huh. what I went through and, and how I'm, how it made it, you know, yeah. it made it to the world. That's, that's great. Yeah. When the closest thing I've ever personally had anything like that was, a guess as I have been writing uh, reviews uh, for years and years uh, and also to have, I have a YouTube channel over on my other channel and all of a sudden I got an email in January from this person who said they were from Rotten Tomatoes and they wanted to add me as a critic. And I thought at first it was a joke. I was <laughs> like, Oh, somebody's, this is spam. This is some kind of whatever. It's a joke. No way. And, uh, and then I, you know, looked her up and we said, Oh my gosh, there really is. This person works for Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and I, I was just like, what? I can't believe I was, I, yeah, I had the, one of those freak out sessions. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. Uh, that so you understand those stages though, where yeah, you're like, bit, oh, yeah. is this from <laughs> what? Right. You know? And then you're like, oh my gosh, I think someone likes me. Right. <laughs> I think someone they like thinks, it. Someone thinks what I write is good. What? <laughs> <laughs> so that was really, really fun. Uh, that's great. Uh, so how did you get the whole idea for coming home for Christmas? I don't know. I mean, people ask me all the time what inspires me to write mm -hmm. different stories. And, and there's no one thing. I just sort of absorb everything around me all the time. I listen to lots of music. I read lots of quotes. Um, you know, you watch movies. Sometimes I'll watch a movie and just the feeling that I get between two characters, that chemistry feeling, yeah. I'll then want to write a totally different story with totally different people with that same like anxiety or that same happiness. Mm -hmm. And so it might even be something really under the radar that'll just hit me. And yeah. then I'll go and just come up with something. And, and sometimes the stories roll off my mind. And sometimes I have to shoot ideas off my editor for a while, you know, before I get it. But um, different, every book is different. Mm -hmm. So um, I just sort of, you know, get it everywhere. I cannot write very well at home. I have to be out in public. And I oh, think it's yeah. the way some people have a fan when they sleep, you know. Yeah. I need that buzzing, um, just sort of buzzing movement and talking and watching people around me to be able to come up with ideas. Well, see, that's really smart, though. <laughs> so you can be like, I am going to write a book on the beach in December. Yep. So excuse to go. <laughs> expense it. Expense trip. <laughs> that's right. Research. Well, you know, I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, I have to have coffee at the coffee shop. I have yeah, to every right. day. I have to go to the coffee shop. And he lets me. I mean, he's so supportive. And he lets that's me great. do that all the time. In fact, um, he will often I'll just get this text and it'll be a link to a brand new coffee shop in Nashville or somewhere around town where I can go. Cause he knows that I need it, you know, cause I can't do it very well at my house. That's funny. So I, I think well, I should say first, so we love Nina Wyman on our podcast. She was actually the first guest that we ever had writer Nina Wyman. And, mm -hmm. and I, if I'm, 
not mistaken, she, f- I think, found your book and submitted it to Hallmark. She did. She, yeah. she found Coming Over Christmas. Yeah. She was the very first person to contact me yeah. about um, Coming Over Christmas. So she, con- still she, she contacted you, mm-hmm. and then she worked on the adaptation. How was that whole experience, working with Nina and also just seeing your book get turned into a Hallmark movie? I think one of the things about the process um, that may or may not be different than other authors, I don't know, but is that I really just love watching someone like Nina adapt my story. I'm not territorial of my story because uh-huh. the Hallmark viewers, that's that's a whole new medium and a whole new group of people. And so it's so much fun to watch how she changed things and what she did with my storyline to fit that group. And so that was the fun for me. And so, and Nina is really good about um, having conversations back and forth and, and showing me what she's doing. And I know we had a big um, talk about, um, I mentioned it to her about the, um, what was it they had? It's like a Christmas, some kind of Christmas roll. Oh yeah. Um, the Yule log. Like, the Yule log. Okay. So that's what it was. And yeah. I joked with her because I said, you know, we got a bunch of Southerners eating a Yule log. I don't because I didn't have it in the book. And it was, she was saying, and she was saying that, and because it was a major, you know, a major topic in the, in the movie yeah. was this Yule log. And so I was like, could we make it like apple pie or something? You know, and she was saying, well, Yule is a very Christmas word and so you know on hallmark being the christmas movie yeah. channel um Ulog is just a very festive um sort of name for for this dessert that they're gonna have and so i let it you know i let it go I said, it's fine but that's our big joke is the, the my big joke is that the, in the south i had to go google it i swore that when it came on i never did it but i was like i'm gonna bake a Ulog and live tweet this because <laughs> i've never had one before yeah, that that was really funny because yeah, the first interview we ever did with her, she talked she talked about this was before this movie was coming out. She talked about the uh, the Yule log. She's like, I need to come up with something. There has to be some new thing for Christmas. Because she's written so many of these. Of course, she's Jewish. She did a great. Oh, so it's so funny. That was something that I didn't even notice. You yeah. know that she explained to me was because I was like, couldn't it be like I was thinking Southern stuff? Can we do like an apple yeah. pie or yeah. you know? And right. she was saying that they're working toward that Christmas and, and it's a really Christmassy name. And <laughs> I totally got it, you know, but we just laughed because I said, I yeah. totally need to bake one of these. <laughs> well, and I remember I still to this day, I've never had yeah, one. Her, her saying that was such kismet because, because Danica's <laughs> mother, that's like a big thing for them is making the Yule log. <laughs> and in fact, she was on home and family, her Danica's mom making the Yule log. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. So <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So was it was it very surreal then to see to watch the movie and see your own story on screen? Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, you know it's one of those things where you just keep thinking like when, especially for that particular book, because when I wrote those words in my mind, I was not an author yet. I was a teacher writing for fun. And so to see how far that book could go and the life that it carried 
on was just, it, it was just surreal. I mean, to yeah. think like I wrote that I used to, my, when my kids were little, um, after I put them in bed, they, their rooms were sort of right across the hall. And, um, I would put my computer, my laptop in the floor in the hallway and lie down on my belly and write. And I was their nightlight. And so oh, I, I would do that. So That's when I wrote was after, after they were asleep. Yeah. And I still to this day have no idea what motivated me to put that much effort into something that I had no idea what would happen to it. Um, because I wasn't under contract. I didn't yeah, have any reason sure. to write it, but I did it. Um, it's a little different now because everybody in the family sort of greatly accommodates me now since it's my job and it's my full-time job. Uh-huh. Um, so they're all, you know, they know mom's working all day and I can go out and do my work. But back then, you know, I, I taught a full day of school. Yeah. And so to see it, to see it then on TV with actors portraying the characters I'd come up with was just too much. <laughs> yeah. That's really cute. I love that idea that you were the, your kids, kids nightlight. That's, that's I often really wonder cute. if they'll hear the typing of keys and for the rest of their lives, they'll think of their mother. Oh, <laughs> I hope so. That'd be so <laughs> cute. I love that. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. We are delighted to get to work with Thrive Cosmetics. And right now you can go to thrivecosmetics.com slash hallmarkies, get 15% off your first purchase at that's thrivecosmetics.com, T-H-R-I-V-E-C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash hallmarkies, and you can get 15% off. They have been a very impressive company to work with. You can get your product uh, auto-replenished, or you can just order. They are all natural, free of parabens and sulfates. And I just was very impressed with the product and how light it felt on my skin. I didn't feel like I was wearing makeup. I also felt like there was just a cleanness, a lightness. It didn't feel cakey. It didn't feel like something you should get with makeup. Uh, they're also vegan and cruelty-free, certified by Leaping Bunny and PETA. And they try the cause, C-A-U-S-E, in Thrive Cosmetics is about giving back. And they try to advocate for causes that help women uh, emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer. And so that's really, really neat. And uh, yeah, they have mascara. They have uh, this one called the Buildable Blur CC Cream. Uh, and like I said, it's very light, good product. It's not just that they're doing good. They make a, a really good product. You can get 50% off your first purchase, thrivecosmetics.com slash hallmarkies. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash hallmarkies. Enter code hallmarkies to get 15% off. Yeah, it must have been exciting to be like, Winnie Cooper is playing my character. This is so fun. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy because I used to watch her. I mean, we're not too different in age. And I used to watch her as a girl, you know, to think that I would grow up and, and yeah. you know, have that connection to her. It's just, yeah. it, like I said, it was very surreal. Mm-hmm. Very, and still is. I mean, even the second time around, it still is. Yeah. But um, that first time was, was a big one. We really liked that one we really enjoyed it definitely because nina had told us oh it has some sabrina vibes has sort Mm -hmm. of some things like the movie sabrina and i i can agree i think it did definitely have 
have those vibes. Oh, definitely. I mean, our only major gripe with this was that we didn't like her dress, her blue dress. (laughs) (laughs) It was not our favorite. But other than that, (laughs) if that's our only flaw, uh, it's pretty, pretty darn good. I would say that one. That's good. You know, I'd heard that about the Sabrina and it's funny because I really love that movie. Um, And so maybe subconsciously years later, it manifested itself in my, you know, creative brain, but I I never considered it while I was writing it. But after I wrote it and someone mentioned it, I thought it does. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting how, I mean, it's such a classic story. So it's probably makes sense uh, that you wouldn't have thought of it, but it would, those elements kind of, just naturally sort of come. Uh, but I, I, I did notice that in your books you have, it seems like about half of them are about Christmas. Half of them are about on the beach. And uh, mm-hmm. so I was wondering what the sort of the story is of that. Uh, I mean, everybody loves Christmas. So maybe that's obvious, but mm-hmm. what sort of gear draws you to either side of those, either Christmas or the beach? <laughs> well, it's funny how it ended up because when, When I wrote Coming Home for Christmas, I titled it Flipped for You, because in the book, she flips a coin, Allie flips a coin um, to determine what she does. And so it was called Flipped for You. And the Christmas element of it was pretty small. It just happened over Christmas. There wasn't a whole lot of hoopla, but the, you know, the Christmas party was pretty big and, and that kind of thing. And then once the book was contracted, it was my publisher's sort of foresight to say, this needs to be Christmas. Like, let's put some more Christmas in this. Let's give it a Christmas title. Let's market this as a Christmas story. And, um, and then the natural progression is I, I really hustle and I write two books every year. So naturally, when you take about six months to write a book and it comes out at Christmas, in six more months, you're going to have summer. (laughs) And so the next story just naturally became a book that would be released in the summer, which would be your beach read. And that's how I ended up doing a Christmas one and a summer one, because I just haven't stopped. I've done two a year since that first contract. And so I've just, I've just continued on with it. Mm -hmm. Did you grow up going to the beach a lot or? I did. I grew up on the, on the East coast. So right outside of Richmond, Virginia is where I grew up. And we Uh would go, I mean, Virginia beach is right there, but we would vacation a lot in the outer banks in North Carolina. And I mean, every year yeah. as an adult, I would take my kids. So um, a lot of my stories are set there. And that's one of the things after two years ago, we moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And um, that's what I miss about being in Nashville is being near the beach because I can't get to it. It takes us about somewhere between eight and 10 hours, depending on traffic to get to Florida to get to the beach, but we do it yeah. every year because we're <laughs> beach people. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing I love more than going to the being at the beach. Going to the beach, uh, I don't. I just I love the sound of the ocean. I love being in the water. I just, it's my favorite thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Like the, Mine too. It's it yeah. really just can suck all the stress right out of you. Yeah, the the beach and then uh, step down. I'd say for me, Disney World slash Disneyland, and then mm. pretty much. Pretty much any other vacation, I can do without. <laughs> I like, I'll, I'll do it if I get the opportunity. You know, I'll go someplace <laughs> or try something new. But as far as like what I'm really, oh, what I dream about, what I wish I could, you know, be doing, those are the two things I like to see. 
<laughs> like to go to the beach. A lake is also acceptable. Don't do a lake. I, any water, you know, yeah. I often say, I think I'm going to retire into the water. Cause it's just that giant lapping water that, you know, uh, sitting outside. My favorite thing at the beach is when we're all sunburned and tired and we've been out there all oh, day and we come yes. home and we make something like at the cottage or whatever. And we just yes. sit outside and, and we can, I read my books then in the evening and have a glass of wine and just sit out on that porch and watch the waves for the rest of the evening till oh. it gets dark. That's my favorite. Heaven. That's heaven. Mm-hmm. The best. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you there a hundred percent. So, okay. Then we have uh, Christmas wishes, mistletoe kisses, and this is a really cute story. Why don't you tell people uh, a, just a little bit about what the story is for this one? Okay. So I'm going to grab the book for this. This, um, uh, this book was published originally by Book a Tour in 2015, I think it was. Uh-huh. So it's four years old for me, which is eight books ago. <laughs> so um, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, it did come out last year with Grand Central, which was, which was fun. But basically, it's about a single mother named Abby Fuller. And um, she has always wanted to be an in- interior designer, but with uh, um, an unexpected pregnancy and then becoming a mom, she just sort of put that on hold because she just devotes her entire life to her amazing little son. Mm-hmm. And so she is caring for um, a woman named Caroline Sinclair, an older woman, um, sort of as like an in-home nurse. Um, and in the book, the older woman lived sort of on the outskirts of the property with all kinds of woods around. So she couldn't really see the main house, but the older woman said, my son lives on in the main house on the property. And this older woman um, had a little like cabin, little cottage um, Mm -hmm. for retirement. And she said, can he needs a decorator for Christmas? Um, Can you, I've I've offered you, I think you'd be great at it. Um, I'd like you to go meet with them. And so she gets, she goes, drives around the property. It's enormous and gets there. And it's this mansion of a home with this crazy wealthy guy who needs her to decorate his (laughs) enormous estate for Christmas. And she's thinking, I've never even had a job as a decorator. How am I ever going to do this? So the, the Christmas festivities and romance ensue (laughs) from that. And um, it's sort of how does she get it all done in the midst of it? Of course, he's too busy for any kind of festivities. And right. so she's got to sort of pull him out of that and teach him a little something about, about Christmas. Yeah. The bad, the bad man of business has to get That's respect. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we have to teach him the air of his ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. I've actually, I've read the book and I enjoyed it very much. And I, I, I've, I, I've actually seen the movie because I was able to watch it on DVD. Uh, and I know you've held out. I saw your tweet. <laughs> I know. I, did, I have it. It's sitting here yeah. just burning in my hands. Um, but I'm going to be live, live tweeting during the show. And so, so I didn't want to have seen it before everybody else sees it. There's yeah. something just, it's really Christmas morning. You know, there's yeah. something just really exciting about watching it with everyone else for the first time Mm -hmm. and this particular movie I mean with Nina on the first movie you know how Nina is and it was just very easy I knew all kinds of stuff and you know we chatted and this movie was a little different it was um it was produced by a different company and so I I didn't 
I didn't know the screenwriter. So I didn't get all that like good. I didn't get the goods on it. So I'm going to really seriously be watching mm-hmm. it with you all. And I will not know what's going to happen until it does. So I don't know what parts are in it. I don't know what made it in and what didn't. And I can't wow. wait to watch it. That's awesome. So do you, you weren't at all, you didn't find out kind of about casting or you weren't really as involved in behind the scenes of this one compared to Home for Christmas Day. Correct. Yeah. I mean, they all run it a little differently. And like I said, um, you know, to each his own and I kind of roll with whatever, um, whatever they, they send my way. So for me, I just took it as, okay, well then let's make it a huge surprise because I kind of like that idea too. (laughs) Do I want to know, do I want to know what's wrapped up under my tree before I open it or not? You know, so it's different with everybody. And I think just Nina has that personality that it's very easy to get to know. And then you can just, you know, you chat naturally anyway. And this was a, I think a, a different, I mean, an entirely different group of people. So um, they just operate differently, but you know, every movie's different and I can't wait to, to see it. That's a really good way to look at things because it's got to be hard when it's your, it's your baby. It's your, you know, it's your book. Like you worked so hard on it to sort of transfer it over to somebody else. It's got to be a little bit difficult, but uh, I I admire that in authors when they say, okay, you know, I'm going to let you do your job now. Well, yeah, I mean, they're the experts in that field, right? you know, and it's, and it's Hallmark, you know, which is the, you know, they are a beast at Christmas, romantic Christmas (laughs) movies. I have no worries at all that it's not going to be amazing. And so for me, the trust is already there. And and I trust, I trust anyone at Hallmark would, you know, have produced movies, you know, it's got to be great. So I'm just excited to see it. Well, and Jill, you need to let them have that then. Yeah. Well, and Jill Wagner's so great. Yes. She's always, always good in, in her roles. And, and uh, it was kind of fun to welcome Matthew Davis into the Hallmark family. Uh, from, yeah. uh, <laughs> from, this is his redemption from being the, <laughs> from being Warner on Legally Blonde. <laughs> 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 in the the rom com world, he can hopefully stop being a villain. Uh, <laughs> and so that will that's really fun. And the little boy they got is Hallmark always does a great job with casting children. And this yeah. kid, he is really cute. <laughs> they did a great oh, job. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you're. I think you're gonna. I think you're going to enjoy it. And one thing I wondered, because when I first saw, I'll be honest, when I first saw the clip this summer of it, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know. Because the, <laughs> this is before I'd read the book, because I'm not a huge fan of the party planning movies gotcha. stories, because it can just be kind of, kind of boring. Like if I, if I can't attend said party, like too much time with the minutia of planning the party just is not inter- interesting to me. And that was one thing I wondered about in this book, like how, and really also in the in coming up for Christmas day, like how or coming up for Christmas, how are you able to kind of avoid that like expositionary 
mindful. <laughs> they, right. They, I mean, they I start going. It, again, it comes down to the characters. Yeah. And writing those characters so that that is just the detail in their lives. Yeah. And and when you're going through it with them, it's not about hanging curtains and putting bows up as much as it's about like the major turmoil going through their head while they're putting that bow up. Yeah. You know, so I think that's sort of how I do it because I think they're, you know, as you're writing characters and, you know, characters naturally will fall into a a, a specific job. You know, you need he didn't have anything. You need a decorator. That would be a perfect fit for a character. And let's bring her in and have her be a decorator. And I really love to decorate. So that's why I uh-huh. <laughs> tend to lead toward that. Um, but um, I think it's just, it should just be an element of it and not yeah. the focus. And when it becomes the focus is when it's too boring to read. Yeah. Agreed. In my mind. Yeah. No, that's the right attitude to have because it, it's fine as a, as a, mechanism for getting them together but if it's the mm-hmm. whole plot whoo not not my favorite <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so you were saying that you had you have two books in different formats that are uh, newly released is that correct i do the way that it um that my particular publishing works is my primary publisher is based in London and that publisher is Bupatour. They're under um, Hachette and um, they publish my books first. My editor's there. Um, everyone I work with is there. And so my books come out and they are um, published in worldwide ebook. And then later Grand Central, Forever Grand Central, which is also under Hachette, will release them in mass paperback um select titles um in mass paperback Uh um and they'll be in the u.s stores so i have two books that are out because currently at barnes and noble walmart a couple other places you will find it started with christmas which has been out on ebook for a year but it's just now hitting stores here in the u.s so it started with christmas is in paperback mass market in stores in the u.s but then I also have Christmas at Silver Falls, which is literally hot off the press, just came off my keyboard, and that is on ebook currently okay. um, worldwide, and you can get it through Amazon and all the other ebook real t- uh, retailers. Well, I'm looking forward to reading both of those books because I've really enjoyed the two that I have read and yeah so we like to end our interviews with what we call the teen beat questions and we have our christmas version of sort of silly questions that we (laughs) we would like to ask you so all right okay what is your favorite holiday drink oh gosh anything with like cinnamon or cream or Mm -hmm. uh, probably some sort of i mean you know, the pumpkin spice latte. I'm a pumpkin yeah. spice everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try to play that off. Um, <laughs> but anything, anything like that, I want you, it. You've been a big fan of the uh, pumpkin cold brew coffee? At, uh, I have not tried that. Oh, I've heard. I don't drink coffee myself, but I've heard from lots of friends that it's the very popular it, this mm, year at Starbucks. <laughs> um, okay. So what is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Mm. 
I mean, I have to pick one, all of them, but I do have a specific <laughs> chocolate chip cookie recipe. Uh-huh. It's Santa's favorite, so Santa oh. always has that I bake them every year. Um, <laughs> and, and it requires like some pretty heavy, you know, like oat grinding and you know, all weird stuff. Um, so, you know, it's a major endeavor, but that that's the one cookie I can think of. I've posted a few times at Christmas time, I've posted a recipe. Oh, that sounds yummy. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Mm, all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. Can't beat that. Like that one. All right, Carrie, queen of Christmas. Um, I know, right? <laughs> okay. What is your favorite Christmas movie or holiday film? Mm, I, I think, I mean, Home Alone just mm-hmm. always gets me. I watch it every single year, but I love like the... um christmas vacation movie it depends yeah. on my mood really but home alone would be my go-to yeah. i think i love home alone that's 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 like a foundation movie for me it was <laughs> i <laughs> everyone has to watch that yeah i i saw it when i was uh nine years old at with my grandparents and it was the first in the theater the first movie that i ever really remember laughing hard at you know so hard that, <laughs> and and so it still it still gets me it still makes me laugh and it's really sweet actually it has a, a very sweet heart to it uh, yeah so i agree with you it's a good choice okay <laughs> what is a favorite holiday tradition that you love to do every single year my kids and i make a gingerbread house and it's always a complete uh-huh. disaster it never <laughs> looks like it's supposed to yeah i always just buy this little you know this 9.99 kit so i don't bake gingerbread or anything but we just yeah. i buy those little kits and we build one and it is always just a total mess it's a pile <laughs> of candy and yeah. dripping icing and a mess and then they just want to eat it right away right. so usually i'll have to um like I'll make them let it sit for at least an hour so I can stare at our creation and then yeah. I'll let them start to nibble on it. You're like, I need at least the photo for Instagram. <laughs> right. I know. Right? Even it. though mine are not photo worthy. <laughs> Usually I'll tweet the photos and it's kind of a ha ha. Look at this. <laughs> That's funny. You're like, it's, it's like one of those ads, you know, that this is this, uh, the, the expectation. Beautiful. You know, like <laughs> Disney world. <laughs> type uh gingerbread house and then (laughs) reality (laughs) it looks like a tornado all the way all the way that's funny all right what is a memorable christmas gift you've either given or received Mm. like when you were a little kid did you have your red rider bb gun kind of moment (laughs) that you wanted something really bad i don't know i mean i can't really think of a toy, but my wedding was at Christmas because I love Christmas so much. Yeah. And um, when I was visiting in Wales, I saw these love spoons and I just fell in love with them because they're whittled out of wood. And each one of them has a story based on what's whittled in the spoon, this wooden Uh spoon. And so for my bridesmaids, I got each of them a Welsh love spoon as their gift for being in my wedding. And um, hung them on ribbons so that they could put them on the tree. And so I think that that was the most thought I've ever put into um, like a Christmas gift. Yeah, that is so cute. That I can remember. You should work that into a story. That's really cute. I like that. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So so Scrooge or the Grinch? 
Which one would you pick? Ew. Scrooge. Scrooge, because you can can work on him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Clear lights or colored? Clear. Okay. Uh, Snowball fight or build a snowman? Snowball fight. Okay. Uh, Would you say you are a good gift wrapper or not? Yeah, I'm like a psycho origami gift wrapper. (laughs) Like all my friends know, like it's going to be perfect. Like the little points like line up with the paper and everything. I'll spend hours on it. That's no OCD. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. Last question. (laughs) Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? I don't, but that's not saying I wouldn't wear one. (laughs) I just don't have one. Well, you should get one. Should, should definitely <laughs> definitely get one well very good well thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was really fun to get to talk with you we'll have links for your books in uh in the description section but how can if people want to follow you on social media all that fun stuff how can they do that i'm jay hill author on twitter um, i think i'm jenny hill author on facebook but if they need to find me if you go to www.it's I-T-S, Jenny Hale, all one, um, dot com. You can find all the links to all my socials. Great. Great. We'll have that all in the description section as well. And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media and iTunes and YouTube and Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And you can follow the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast all over the place. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We sure appreciate that as well. Consider becoming one of our patrons. We have so much fun with that. And uh, we are just zooming ahead. We had a episode every single day this week, which is crazy, but we had so much fun doing it. And thank you so much, Jenny, for coming on. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!